This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now for today's show. And welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen, helping change makers and aspiring thought leaders go from invisible to influential and profitable with a podcast. My guest today says content that's not aligned nor consistent cannot deliver results. And joining me on today's show is Deb Komen. Deb is a content conversion strategist. She's a copywriter, an author, a speaker, and creator of Content Conversion Lab. And she empowers business owners to create and repurpose better content using strategy to attract and convert more of their best customers. Now in the Content Conversion Lab, Deb uses a comprehensive approach, including blogs, video marketing, live streaming, lead generation, email marketing, newsletters, website copy, and social media. Now all of these are connected components of an effective content conversion plan that adds value, engages, and leads to more sales. Deb is part of the leadership team at Women Speakers Association. She's also the author of the international bestseller, Voices of the 21st Century, Women Who Influence, Inspire, and Make a Difference. What an honor we to have her on the show today where she's gonna be sharing why our content is likely not doing it all and it can help you get and keep better clients. She's going to show us how to do that. She's also going to show us how to avoid three costly and common content mistakes that repel your best clients, as well as the three most critical places to share new content. Welcome, Deb. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here. I love the content that you're sharing today because, and I'm sure you speak to a lot of business owners who struggle with content. They're often creating a lot of content, but in all honesty, it's not working the best for them to generate new leads and ultimately convert their best customers. What is it about this particular area that you're so passionate about? What I love about content working to help us find, attract, and convert our best clients is that it really does not have to be as difficult as many of us make it out to be. And when we can trust our instinct on showing up as we really are in real life and and show up the same way online, Mm. it's about connecting with those customers first. In, in building relationships and then using our content to nurture those relationships 
to ultimately lead to more sales. Yes, I love the way that you've said, uh, you know, if we get a streamlined and simplified way, I think sometimes as business owners, we overcomplicate things. And if we're feeling overwhelmed, that will often come through in our content and it will overwhelm our best customers too. So let's dive in. I know you've got a lot to share today. So learning why our content is likely not doing it all it can to help us get and keep better clients. What do we need to learn here? Well, one of the most critical aspects of creating content that converts is to be in alignment with our core message. Uh, not only with the core message, but also with where we want to drive people to in terms of our services and our products and our programs. And oftentimes we're not in alignment and it has to do with so many different reasons but just the challenges of running a business and having so many tasks and mm. team members and things to keep track of and and sometimes we just lose our focus and move away from what our core message is yes and as we do that that shows up in our content it something's off it's not mm. like we're creating things but people aren't engaging with it or they're not buying when we make an invitation. And it's typically that that um, alignment piece mm -hmm. along with often a lack of consistency. Mm -hmm. So if we can consistently be aligned and create better content using some of the formula that I, I use with my clients, we really do get better results. Yes, one of the things I love about that is you've identified what could be happening if we are misaligned and not really clear and consistent you know with our message because often people won't express that to us and we assume well if it's not on brand if it's not consistent people will let us know but often they don't and they might come to our page and then off they go to to some other message another service provider who is able to speak specifically into the area that they're struggling with so let's talk about some of these costly and common content mistakes these are the things that we're doing inadvertently to really repel our best clients. What do we need to know here? Okay, I love this because there are also some relatively easy fixes. And the first step is identifying whether or not we're making these. And the first one has to do with con the content that we're creating. So it's typically two sides of the spectrum. Either people are cranking out content and that's not an issue. They're never at a loss for topics. However, the content's not doing its job. It's not attracting more of their ideal prospects. It's not converting people mm -hmm. to customers and paying clients. And um, they just stay in that rut of still cranking out more and more, hoping that something's going to click. And the other, the flip side of that is those who struggle to come up with the content topics or the delivery methods or the plan to put it out there in a way that it will do what it's supposed to do in terms of attracting the right people, offering value, engaging with them, mm. and then bringing that to a sales conversation at some point or a service. So that's really the number one piece that people do around their, typically their volume of content and how they go about creating it. Yeah, I love how you've mentioned this because it reminds me of the story we so often hear many business owners say, and that is, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Yet the busyness is really a reflection of you're not working on the right tasks. And similarly, in this instance, yes, I'm cranking out this content. Yeah, but if it's not working for you, why continue? 
to write and, and develop all this content, which is really, as you said, not attracting your ideal prospects. And it's certainly not nurturing through that funnel because, and, and before we dive into the second point, if we do all of this correctly at, from the moment we start creating content through our funnel, all of those pieces of engagement, um, pieces of content, when we have an, a, a conversation then, a sales conversation with our ideal client, when we've done the job correctly, sales becomes so much easier, doesn't it? Because the value has already been provided and our prospect, our ideal best customer already has in their mind, I really want to work with this person. There's just a couple of questions I need to, to answer. Is that correct? If we get it right, that's, sales is easier? <laughs> yes, that's absolutely correct. And that's how content works for us. It's out there when we do it right and aligned and consistently 24 yeah. seven. And by the time the person reaches out to engage or get on a sales conversation, you're exactly right, Anne-Marie. They're most of the way there because mm. we've done the work. Our content has demonstrated our credibility. It's demonstrated our value. We've often shared results and outcomes that our clients get. So they might just have a couple of questions that pertains to their specific situation, mm -hmm. but usually they're ready. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that begin with, well, I already know I want to work with you. I just want to figure out how to best do that. Yes. And that's a great way to enter into a sales conversation. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm glad we, we've identified that because I know many business owners, when we think of sales, uh, it's something that we can struggle with, but uh, I love how you've pointed that out. So what's the second costly mistake? The second one has to do with email marketing. And many people have like a love-hate relationship with it, or they think it's dead, or it's not working, or it's too much effort. And really, it's one of the best ways to connect with and nurture the people who have already said they're interested in what we have to say. Mm. And the, again, we have both sides of the spectrum with this one. Business owners tend to either bombard their list, and often with a lot of promotional materials and, and high frequency, and just a lot of volume, just more than people can really consume, or they don't email much at all. Mm. So some people start the lead generation process. They don't really do a lot of nurturing for a whole host of reasons. Maybe they're not sure what to be sharing. Again, they don't have a plan or a strategy and time goes by while we're not you know, taking that kind of action. And those leads are kind of growing cold, if you will. Mm. So when we use email properly, and again, aligned consistently as part of an overall content strategy, it, it does the work of nurturing. It does the work of, of, again, demonstrating our credibility, making those connections that I believe really happen one-to-one. -one. Mm. You know, even when our email goes out to hundreds or thousands of people, Really, those connections happen individually. And when we use our email marketing to speak to that individual, we're much more likely to, to get that relationship going to the point that we can then make an invitation to a service or a sale. Yeah. I love the way that you've distinguished between sending too many emails or too much promotional stuff to not much at all because we haven't really created a content development plan. What would you say to someone then that thinks, okay, Deb, I realize that I'm kind of either, I oscillate between either one of those. What would be uh, 
give them an idea of a solid plan that you would say, look, if you're sharing this amount of content, that's a great way to connect and remain top of mind. Is there something, a formula that, that you recommend to clients? Because otherwise we can assume that what we're doing is correct. But as we know, there's a lot of noise online and we want to make sure that we're really continuing to nurture with our, yeah. with our you know, people on our list. Exactly. And I like to use every component of the content process as a feedback loop. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's a formula for everyone, but mm -hmm. I think we need to know and figure out the formula for our business and our target market. And the feedback loop that I like to use is what's happening. You know, when we, I like to experiment with my email, yeah. let me try this one that's a little more personal. Let me try this one that's tips and strategies. And then make note of what happens as a result. And, you know, are you getting emails back? Are you getting clicks? Are you mm -hmm. getting, uh, no one's opening it? You know, that it, it lets us, it gives us so much information that if we're doing it properly, properly, we're going to take action based on those results, yes. do more of what's working, uh, listen to people, they will tell us most of the time, you know, we, we will be able to find out if there's a whole lot of unsubscribes. And we look at what we've been sending recently, I, I've done it myself, when I was helping to promote a lot of colleagues, you know, I probably was bombarding my list too much with other people's sales. Mm -hmm. And, and I needed to look at it from my clients and my subscribers perspective, as how did it feel to them? You know, to me, I was supporting other people. Um, and but I needed to be more conscientious of how it was being received. So I, I like to say that there is no, um, there are no set numbers as to what's too little or what's too much, but it needs to be enough that they know who you are. I mean, mm -hmm. when they grab your lead generator, it's because they want to hear from you and learn from you. So, so those of us who don't email at all are really kind of not living up to that half of that expectation to be able to provide more value. We can't expect those people to buy based on very, you know, scant information. Yes. And um, bombarding, you know, some people, there are people who, who email almost daily. Mm -hmm. And it's not a function of the frequency so much as the value. Right. If they can deliver consistent value, maybe it's in very tiny doses, uh, people might open those emails every single day and buy when there's an invitation. So we have to kind of just have that ability to analyze the results and know our clients, survey them, ask them. When you have someone offer uh, their own feedback, assume that that represents a whole lot more people than that one person, mm -hmm. because I guarantee that it does. And and respond to that if you if you truly want to nurture those relationships. Yeah, such a important insights there. So, what's the third costly and common content mistake? The third one is social media. And again, uh, it's one where people tend to not always feel at ease. And a lot of business owners feel like they need a lot of support around that, or they're not really sure what they're doing or how to show up, or they're just kind of everywhere and they're just constantly cranking out. And social media is just a, a, a wonderful place of connection when used properly. It allows us to reach people we might otherwise never reach um, through connection, again, through other people sharing our content, sharing what we're putting out there. Um, 
I don't know if you're like me, but often when I have a request from someone to make a connection, I definitely make note of who they're connected to that I already know. Mm. And that tells me a little bit, perhaps, about what they may be all about. So that's the place to really expand our reach and uh, to to focus on that connection piece. Yes. And it's not for 24-7 promotion. You know, people don't want us showing up in, in groups or even on our own places, just constantly saying, here's something else you can buy, or here's another way to work with me. Mm -hmm. But if we say, here's a piece of content, here's an action tip that you can use right now today, whether or not you become my client, then we become a person of value and of service that they will remember when they need more support in that area. Yes, and we are also consumers. So I'm sure, you know, as you're sharing that, uh, we can think of people who we follow and really admire because of the content, the value they consistently provide. And if it's an area that we think, you know what, I'm struggling in that and I really need support, guess who the first person we're going to consider? It, it's them because of that value consistency however had that person just been buy this product or come and share you know and invest in this program i'm sure we would be turned off as well and um, so if we put that consumer hats on we can see how valuable that insight is now you say there's three most critical places that we really should be sharing new content where are those three places well i just love this piece of maximizing the messaging and the content that we create. And we do a lot of this in the content conversion lab. It's kind of our ongoing focus. And then we add other things on top and it's really quite simple. But when we create something new, we need to share it on our website. We, so for instance, the podcast that we're doing today, mm -hmm. there's a way for us to embed it on our blog or write about it on our blog or somehow use the messaging that we talk about here and put it in a place on our website where people can come back to it and learn about us and learn how they can connect further. Uh, secondly, it's that list of ours and our email marketing. We need to nurture that list by sharing this. I'll be sharing this podcast when mm. it, it's broadcast and say, here's a little bit because it's all about what I do. It's fully aligned with my messaging and what I, how I serve. So we want to get it on the website. We want to email it to our list. And then we want to put it on social media in some mm. form so that we can expand our reach. And by doing those three things, we're going to build a foundation we're going to nurture the people that are already interested and we're going to expand our reach beyond the circle of people that are already around us. Yes. As you're saying that, you know, I'm thinking how many of us create great pieces of content like you are doing today with the incredible value you're providing in this podcast, yet we don't leverage it. We just allow it to sit there. I mean, I'm sure that you find, even with the clients that you deal with, we do that regularly, don't we? We don't leverage and share. We, we may just assume that people will find this content, but that's not often the case, is it? No, it's not. And in fact, although there are three places to share, the fourth kind of bonus and perhaps most important one is to evergreen it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So think beyond. So yes, to put it on the blog, which feels like it's evergreening, but we have to have a way to bring it back up to the surface, mm-hmm. usually through social media or a reminder to drop it in an email to our list, you know, three months, six months, a year from now, if it's relevant content, we want to maximize the, the exposure and the visibility and the credibility that it gives us. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's true of many business owners, especially if they've been around for a while. The biggest thing I hear from them is I'm sitting on loads of content and I just don't know what to do with it. And often they say, I'm tired of creating. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to create anymore. And truthfully, they don't really have to. They can rework what they already have. So I love that. I love teaching people how to do that for themselves mm-hmm. or doing it for them to find the ways to multi-purpose a single piece of content to really make it work for you and save you time, save you money, save you a lot of effort and also do the things that we wanted to do by reaching the right people. Yeah, so true. I mean, if you think of the the podcast that you've just created today, often uh, we assume that, well, I've created one piece of content, and this is an audio format. If you wanted to, you could transcribe it, chunk it down into different blog posts. Why I'm sharing this is so often we can assume or presume that we can't repurpose by creating and using that piece of content then creating another piece of content in a different mode of, of communication, if you will. Speak a bit into that because I think that's a, a huge misunderstanding that we can't now, in your case, transcribe it, create many blog posts uh, to share your content, yet we can. And that's a huge waste of content that we can repurpose and leverage, yes? Yes, exactly. And I love this. I could talk about it forever because this, again, this is what I do with all the, the people in my group program and my private clients is look at our content with fresh eyes. And we tend to think sometimes that repurposing means take the podcast and in its exact form and just put it in all these different places. That's one way. But the more in-depth, advanced way that you're speaking about is look at what else can be extracted from it. And as you said, the transcript of it, or writing a blog that's not the exact transcript, but takes the main points and creates a new piece of content on it. It's like a companion piece to it, if you will. Pull out, I mean, you can pull out hundreds of social media posts from a single podcast. That, that's your content. And you can sometimes link back to the podcast. Sometimes you want to use these things as standalone pieces. Mm. So it's not always driving people somewhere else, or it's not always leading to a product or something like that. And, and you're absolutely right. There's audio components, there's video, there's images, there's uh, memes, there's just an endless list of what you can do. And it's so helpful to us as business owners to recognize that when we create and to not think of just saying to your list, here's my latest plot podcast, click to listen. Mm. Like we need to engage people in that, tell them why. And, and then again, show it in another way mm-hmm. for those who don't listen to podcasts. Um, we know, Amory, there's not too many out there because <laughs> podcasts is the, the hot thing and the great way to, to consume content. Um, however, there are going to be people who prefer to read. So maybe that, you know, that's a way to reach more people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and to shift the content so that it can be on Instagram or mm. part of an Instagram story. And there's just so many iterations of a single message and many business owners either don't see it that way or don't feel like they have the time or the, the team power to get that kind of work done. However, when that single piece of content is truly aligned and, and representative of the way they show up in the world, it's hugely valuable. So why wouldn't we want yeah, to use absolutely. it in as many ways as we could? Yeah, and especially if we find that some of the content that we've shared, and this, this speaks beautifully into what you shared earlier, if we have gotten great responses from either a podcast or an article, why not create more content that might dive in deeper or or provide even more value? And it's very much aligned with who you are, continues to position yourself as that thought leader in, in that space. Something else that I'd love you to share more on, because this is another assumption. Well, I've already shared that and I don't want to just keep resharing that that content. Now, why I, why I ask you this question is often we can read something and hear something again and again and again, but we we deepen the learning. So if we assume, well, I've already written an article about that, why repeat that and add even more value? It's just going over the same thing. It's still incredibly valuable for our clients, prospective clients, because it can take a while for them to actually have it sink in Speak a bit more about this, because this is another assumption that we have as business owners, yes, don't we? Absolutely. And I you know we could probably do a whole show just on <laughs> the assumptions, <laughs> right? And and these assumptions are driving the way we do our work, basically. And yeah. it's funny because I had a we had a lab session today and we talked a lot about this as it relates to email marketing. And again, assumptions like, well, I already sent that out. Um, but we need to remind ourselves less than 30% of the people we sent it to opened it. Mm. Opened it doesn't mean they read it or consumed it in any way. Even And then even less click and even less read through what they clicked on. So when we assume, well, I showed it to them, you know, that's a big assumption. And the reality is a much smaller segment of who we put it in front of actually consumed it as as you're saying amory in a meaningful way even if they did you're right when it shows up again they might get it in a more deeper way so we we need to stop allowing those assumptions um from preventing us from multi-purposing what we've created because we need to give people ample opportunity to consume the mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And when we send a single email, that's not ample. If, if that's the only one that re- refers to the podcast that we did, again, how many are actually gonna get to the point where they click and listen? So yeah. we don't wanna bombard them, but you're absolutely right. If we multi-purpose that, have it show up on social media in a different way, have it show up in on our website in, in, in a, a number of different ways, and bring it back up to the surface mm. in our content plan, then we're going to get a lot more leverage with that single piece of content. Yes, brilliant. 
Brilliant. Uh, so many insights and uh, excited that uh, we get got to share that on, on today's podcast. So Deb, I know we've only just scratched the surface and people are thinking, all right, we need to get far more serious, far more intentional and purposeful with our content moving forward. Uh, how best connect or how best can they connect with you? And are there any other resources that you would like to uh, to make us aware of? Sure, absolutely. So people can find me all over social media as either Deb Coleman or Deb Coleman Writing. My website is debcoleman.com. I do have a free gift that, that talks about the three costly content mistakes in a little more detail that will give people some more information about whether or not they're, they're doing any of them and what they can do instead, which is even more important, to really just work on getting more aligned and sharing more consistently and you know playing the long game with your content that it's about those connections that really will work for our businesses over time yeah fantastic and of course to get access to that free gift how would they do that okay so i do have a link for that that i can share that you can find it right front and center on my website on my blog at debcoman.com and i also have a link for you today it's a bit.ly link, so B-I-T uh, dot L-Y slash three, the letter three, the number three, C-C-M-I-S-T. So it's kind of short for three costly content mistakes. 3-C-C-M-I-S-T. Fantastic. And of course, if we go to your website, debcoman.com, they'll be able to see how they can access those uh, resources, which is great because sometimes awareness of what we're doing, which we really shouldn't be doing, is a great place to start because then we can decide, right, what do I need to do instead? And of course, you've got uh, great resources on your website as well. And of course, uh, we can work with you as well if we really want to hit the ground running with our content moving forward. Thanks once again for coming on the show. It's always a delight to speak with you because content will never disappear. Well, I don't think we'll ever get to a stage we say, well, we just don't need to create content anymore in our business. It is such an integral and crucial aspect of uh, yeah, sharing our message, making an impact with the world, which I know everybody who's part of Women Speakers Association uh, really stands for, don't they? We each have a message that we really want to impact the world with and content is the way that we're going to be able to do that. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.